What's up, boys and girls, and to all my misfits around the world? I'm your host, Rampage the Misfit, and you're tuned in to Misfit Minded, where I bring you everything movie and music related. Today is Tuesday, June 26, 2018, and it is Blu-ray Tuesday, so that's where I bring you all the new releases. We're gonna do it a little bit different, and I'll explain that in a little bit, but it's still gonna be good. And also, as promised last night, I'm gonna do some music reviews, and I'll get into that in a second as well. Right now I'm coming to you live from an undisclosed location. Some hikers trail in Wisconsin is cool. A little bit humid, but not anywhere near where it should be for almost July. Uh, and that's because Wisconsin never gets a summer. So, you know, we're used to this, but still it's just, it feels weird that it's the middle of the summer and it feels like fall. Also, you know, I went into these like woods thinking that I'm gonna be one with nature and I'm gonna be inspired by the gifts of the earth and say some ill shit on this episode today, which is still gonna happen by the way, but you know what I mean. Like I'm gonna get away and have, have a, a time with nature and it's gonna welcome me with open arms. And instead what happened is these motherfucking mosquitoes bit up my neck and told me to get off their lawn. So. I'm listening to what nature's telling me and I'm just stepping off right now. <laughs> and, you know, sometimes you gotta do that. We gotta adapt and adjust. That, that's, my, that's what I always say. So I'm, I'm adapting by leaving their fucking home and also adapting by next time. We gotta bring some bug spray for sure, for sure. Cause I was not ready. <laughs> so as for today's show, I want to open with the music I promised last last night and uh, as promised as requested uh, someone suggested I should listen to Tiana Taylor's KTSE album keep the same energy which is interesting because I've been saying that phrase for a long time I think I first heard Charlemagne the God say it so I'm hoping that phrase gets into the popular you know, culture, popular vernacular, because it is a phrase I use all the time, especially when I'm pointing out the hypocrisy of certain groups. For example, the All Lives Matter crowd that just said that to, you know, diminish the Black Lives Matter movement. But then when Mexican kids are getting thrown in cages, are nowhere to be found. Keep that same energy, it's perfect. It just gets a point across of what you're trying to say and you know you can use it for anything it doesn't have to be political but i'm just saying keep that same energy all the people that were mad at xxx tentacion for dying i guess like just for existing uh but are still fans of chris brown and will you know defend him to, to their to their own death so again keep that same energy so besides that i thought it was a great album title we're gonna get into 
what that album did. A lot of interesting things. And also for the new releases, I said it's gonna be a little different. What I'm thinking, I looked at the release schedule for today for the Blu-rays and I gotta say, not a great week for new releases. I haven't seen anything that is coming out. I don't think it's even anything worth seeing. So that says something about the quality of what's coming out right now. But instead, what I'm thinking about doing, every week I go to these certain stores, find the best deals, see what's a good bargain, and get some Blu-rays and add it to my collection. I have over 300 in my library of Blu-rays, and I obviously love it. So I'm gonna tell you guys what I picked out, you know, get into why I collect. And so I think that'll be fun. And if, if you guys enjoy that, I'll keep doing it. So. I think that wraps up the intro to the outro to the whole show. And we're gonna get into what's regularly planned and what's new and different. And it's gonna be amazing. So thank you guys for listening. Stick around a while, don't touch that dial. And I'll be right back. So the first track on uh, Keep the Same Energy is called No Manners. I think it's a great intro to this thing. Pretty much all of Kanye's projects in the past month have been around seven tracks or seven tracks exactly and around 20 minutes. This one is eight tracks and about 25 minutes. And I do think that they could have cut one track on here and it would have been just as good, but we'll get into that later. For this track, I think it's really effective as an intro. It starts off really sad and we got like some piano chords just playing softly you have a violin backing it and I, I actually would have been fine if it was just that for the whole intro but then of course Kanye brings in that extra detailed layer that just puts everything in place so like once that drum drum drops and you get that like uh, filtered voice in the background uh, it, it gives it like a really eerie chilling effect and then with tiana taylor's voice you know talking about uh, i got a man ain't got no manners uh, i thought that was that was a clever little line and she's not doing anything showy she's just opening this album as it should be just a preview of the vibe you're gonna get for this thing and yeah track one solid track for me let's go to the next one So track two is called Gonna Love Me. It also has a predominant sample throughout the whole thing. And, you know, the the back and forth between Tiana Taylor and the sample works really well. I also love the transition from track one to track two. It flows from the eerie sample from the first one to kind of the chipmunk sample that we've known Kanye was to do early in his career. Uh, the lyrics on this thing, it's it's very painful what she's singing about, about this relationship and just wanting to be with one person for the rest of her life. Uh, one line that stood out to me is she was talking about overthinking and understanding that that was some good wordplay there. And the whole beat in general is just a, a soft, jazzy guitar, um, a very low key snare, something I could hear Miguel over. I'm getting some Miguel vibes, really a soulful R&B vibe. So again i i thought the intro was good and i think it flows really well into this and it's really progressing into what the album's going to sound like so i dig this one too 
So issue slash hold on. Tiana Taylor is doing her thing on this track uh, vocally. She she's riding the beats in the first two. She's going along with the melodies, and I think this is the first track where she's going above and beyond that. She's showing her range, kind of like a Lauren Hill type vibe I was getting from this, like an X Factor, where she's talking about the relationship over just this really really great sample and drums and that's what this is and it's refreshing to hear Kanye get back into that you know you really haven't heard that obviously the man knows how to sample but I'm talking about vocal heavy samples that we used to see in like late registration and college dropout and to see him get back into that again is just really nice and over an R&B artist nonetheless it just goes really well together uh, and the concept of it I think is really is really well executed too talking about you know it's deeper than just maybe he's talking to other women maybe there's some infidelity going on but maybe it's she has daddy issues and she's not ready for a relationship or she's got to work some stuff out some stuff with herself and uh basically pleading for him to hold on you know wait for her so uh this is a great track uh, i haven't disliked one song so far so let's keep going All right, so we went from Hold On and Issues to Hurry Hurry with Kanye West. And, okay, so I, I've pretty much had praise for all of Kanye's production on this thing so far. And this beat is okay, too, but this is a one trend that I wish Kanye would stop, and that is feeling like he has to put a verse on every single project that he's produced for. So all the projects he's produced for... Uh, Push a T, he's got a verse on there, which is which is decent. Uh, the whole Cuddy and Kanye collab, they're all back and forth on that, so that doesn't really count. But the one he has on Nas, the cop shot the kid, I'm I wasn't you know really. It's not the best on the album. I wasn't feeling it. I, I was feeling the sample again, but then as soon as Kanye comes, I'm just like, it's not. Kanye doesn't fit everybody. That's that's what I think it boils down to. It's like his production doesn't fit everyone. That's why I wasn't crazy about the Nas album. I just feel like his beats didn't fit Nas. And so it's the same thing with his features. Kanye features do not fit everybody. And so he, he tries to put himself in all these artists' songs and projects, which is fine on a production standpoint, because I've always said this, that Kanye is a better producer and he is a rapper even though people like consider him as one of the best rappers, I just always admired his production. So on this thing, I kind of wish that he kept the vocals to Tiana Taylor. Um, this song is about fucking. So <laughs> I really don't want to hear Kanye when it comes to that. I, I'd rather just hear. And he, he's got some cringy lines on there talking about call me zaddy. And so I just I wanted to just be Tiana. And again, with this like, uh, trend of like putting in moans and stuff in rap songs I, I don't like it from rappers i don't like it when big pun did it or biggie did it and so tiana's doing it i mean i don't mind it as much i guess since she's a girl but it's still kind of distracting when i'm trying to listen to you know someone singing and you just have a girl moaning in the background um props to her for talking about uh brain blast jimmy neutron that was a that was a good line that took me back so you know it's not it's not the best track on this one so far it's it's not my favorite one probably the one i'll go back to the least uh so far but let's keep going so three-way is a lot like what it sounds this is another song about sex but i think this one's a lot better than hurry because it's not just about the pleasure aspect of it it's 
about pleasing her man, which is something I always admire. If a girl's willing to have a three-way with another girl just to please her man, you know, bravo. You should get a trophy for that. So that's basically what the song is about. And, uh, you know, the chorus, she's talking about two heads are better than one and all the nasty things she's willing to do just to keep her man happy. That is a good woman right there. So I love the aspect of it. I also love the surprise Ty Dolla Sign feature. Can we talk about Ty Dolla Sign and how underrated he is in this new generation of artists? Because he always comes in on a feature, surprises me every time, and I'm never disappointed. So I love how he comes in kind of singing by himself for a few bars and then uh, going into a duet with her at the end. It, it's really a, a special moment and you know that stands out on this album and as far as like features go you know I, I didn't wasn't crazy about the Kanye one but Ty Dolla Sign is welcome on any track I think even that song Psycho with Post Malone is one of the best tracks to come out this year thanks in part to him so you know props to Ty Dolla Sign for keeping these records great and this is another great one so I can pretty much stop listening to this album because I know that nothing that comes after this will beat this track for me uh, i love this song rose in harlem i love the message of it how it's about you know the ones you look up to the ones closest to you the ones you trust will be the ones who get you caught up and they'll do it with a smile on their face it's a harsh lesson to learn but i feel like everyone should learn it at some point in their life i definitely learned it recently so i love the the sampled chorus again kanye laced it when she's like a rose in harlem and then you got tiana coming in with so, so much swagger throughout the concrete you know what ain't sweet backed with horns and then the menacing bass beneath it it's just everything works so cohesively it's a lot darker than the other tracks but i like it for that very reason it's so different it's a different vibe and um yeah i, I even love you know in the third verse there's kind of he adds a little violin that's just another minor touch kanye implements that makes it stand out from the rest so if i was trying to get someone to listen to this i would definitely say a rose and harlem would be the track i would show them um and to my surprise i thought i was going to be closer to a christmas in harlem which is a song tiana taylor sang the chorus on back in the in the day with you know the good friday rollout before kanye released my beautiful dark twisted fantasy but you know that's a christmas record that one's jolly this one's not and this one's so much better so love this track so never would have made it should have been the outro and the last song on this album you know keeping up with the seven songs that kanye west has been releasing on all these records it is a celebration record it's you know telling thanking someone you know you assume someone that helped her to become the star that she is for you know she never would have made it without them it's got like a real positive gospel type vibe i love how the filter he put on the drums on this you know because they're still hard but he filters them to where it doesn't it doesn't overpower the record you know none of there's no drums really on this record that stand out and that's probably a good thing um it kind of she sounded like alicia keys to me a little bit on this one and so i think this is this is just a good you know what i mean end closing i love the nature sounds in it it's it's like a new beginning for her and should have been the last record but we have one more to go so <laughs> let's get into that one
So here comes the one sore spot of the entire album. And I apologize if it sounds really noisy in the background. I had to go to my car and close my windows because it just started rainstorming out of nowhere. And now I'm like soaking wet. So this record just is baffling to me why they put it on here. Not only did it break the trend of seven tracks on all these albums and made it eight, it's for no reason. It feels like a bonus track. It feels like there's no connection to any of the other songs on, this, on the album. The rest have jazz, blues, soul influence. This one comes from a 90s house record, record from some dude named LSD. And I'm not sure why she decided to do it. It's, called, it's Work This Pussy, and it's just repeated a million times. You know, I, I know what she's going for, and it is a record that I can see her making. She is into dance, and uh, so I understand what she was trying to do with it. You know, the the voguing and, like, the 90s queer movement of, like, r runways and all that. I get that. She has every right to do that. But on this record, you go through a whole journey in tracks one through seven that to add this one, it just felt so left field and it's just a sore spot on the album for me that every time i listen to it i'm going to skip i'm just going to end it on seven and call it a day so overall thoughts on the album i thought a rose in harlem is is excellent i do think the first half of the album is a little bit stronger than the second half i love the the feature from ty dolla sign on three-way it's just it's a great record to chill to chill to and uh this summer you know picnic just driving I've, I've put it on and so yeah i just i really appreciate this record what kanye was able to do with sampling wise and so while i was making this episode i actually ran across a, an article from djbooth.com and supposedly this is not the finished record that she had in mind she had a lot more tracks and kanye cut it down and released it, you know, without her knowing. He is an executive producer on this thing. And so this is not her complete vision and there'll probably be an edit again. And I just wanna talk for a second about, this is another thing that really bothers me about Kanye in recent years, is that his album rollouts have been the worst. Like he just, he, he gets a concept in his mind and he just, he just runs with it without thinking about it. And that's what you have marketing teams for. That's what you have you hire people to think these things through, but because release dates are just non-existent anymore, it's kind of opened the floodgates of people just like going on a whim and just doing whatever they want when it comes to releasing an album. And it's a bad idea in terms of Kanye because as we saw before, so people, I'll get into debates a lot about this. People think the My Beautiful Dark Twisted Fantasy rollout was good, but it actually hurt my my appreciation for the album because so Good Fridays was a thing he did where he put out a free song every Friday before My Beautiful Dark Twisted Fantasy, including A Christmas in Harlem, which I brought up a little earlier. And, you know, of course, any fan of Kanye is going to be ecstatic about that. Like, a free song from Kanye with all these featured artists on there was great. Until I heard My Beautiful Dark Twisted Fantasy and 75% of it, I already got from the free downloads. It, it really took away my experience of my first listen of the album. And every time I listen to it now, it's just, it, it really hurt it for me. Fast forward to Life of Pablo and Yeezus even, to an extent, where the album covers are terrible. 
the music isn't as quality as it was before. You know, Yeezus, he tried to take it in a completely different, like, techno, techno-y, futuristic, pop, punk, and it just didn't work. It didn't work. There were some good moments on there, but it didn't work. And Life of Pablo was the same thing of, like, it was unmixed, it was unfinished, and he, I remember he released it on title exclusive only, and I'm like, I'm not getting title. I don't care what anyone says, I'm not getting that. And then... It took like a week for him or like a couple of days for him to release it. And by that time, I had lost interest. And then to, to, to come to like hear some songs and to find out that wasn't even the finished product and that he, he did edits to it and, and re-released it. And it's just like that is, that is what hurts you in the end because even diehard fans like I was don't have the time or the patience to be sitting here and listening to five different versions of an album. That is why you have producers and marketing teams and people that take care of these things. Because I even heard that uh, for Yeezus, Rick Rubin said he didn't have any of the album done weeks before its release. Like, and I, I mean, to, for him to release anything in, under that chaos is like a miracle. But and it's you know it's Kanye still, but he really needs to think through these things because he just ruined you know her first debut album and put it out without her even knowing. And I mean, it's it's still a great record. Don't get me wrong, but it's like maybe she she would have done something differently. Maybe she wouldn't have put "Watch That Pussy," "Work That Pussy," or whatever on the album. And so, just another Kanye rant of things that just bother me about the man. So take it with a grain of salt. Go listen to keep that same energy and keep that same energy in your everyday life. And thank you for listening to Track by Track Review Tuesday. We'll, we'll bring you another one next week, and maybe we'll, we'll talk about some uh, Blu-ray releases when I come back. Stay tuned. So that was my review for Tiana Taylor's Keep the Same Energy, and you guys should keep the same energy in telling me your thoughts on the album. What was your favorite song? How would you rank the Kanye projects? If I had to, gun in my head. I'd probably have it starting from my most to least favorite, Pusha T, Kids See Ghosts, then Tiana Taylor, Kanye's Ye, and then Nas, um, which sounds crazy, but that album was so disappointing, man. Like, I, 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 it sounded like a dream, like a match made in heaven, you know, Kanye with the beats and Nas with the lyrics, but it just, I don't know if I've said this before, but Kanye doesn't adhere to artists he just puts his own thing and it works with some artists and it doesn't with some and it didn't work with Nas but on to the next segment and my blu-ray unboxing for today we have a couple blu-rays a couple good ones that I'm excited to own and rewatch. so first I have Groundhog Day Directed by Harold Ramis, the late great Harold Ramis, and starring Bill Murray. I think this movie doesn't get the credit it deserves for, you know, starting this whole resurgence in movies, doing the whole I'm living the same day repeatedly for the rest of my life thing. We saw it with Happy Death Day last year and then Lived I Repeat a couple years ago. This was the first. Um, it's 1993. It's pretty old now, Jesus. But it's still good, and you know I don't like romantic comedies, but this one gets that heart right. 
and it's hard to do it with Bill Murray. Sometimes he can just come off like a straight asshole, which he did in Scrooge, and they try to redeem him at the end, and that just never works for me. I know people love that movie, but Groundhog Day, this one works. Uh, you get the comedy of like him repeating stuff over and over again like that. Uh, I forget the actor's name, but where he's like, hey, remember me? It's Ned Ryerson. He's, the, he's a great character actor. He was in Memento. But just seeing him every day and just how fucking fed up he would be with that. Seeing someone in high school you you don't want to see every day for the rest of your life. And then him trying to kill himself. He's got some dark humor in there. And him trying to, you know, win over Annie McDowell's heart by just knowing little stuff about her. It's, it's just, uh, it works for me, you know. And uh, I think fun fact... I'm I'm pretty sure about this. I, I have to go back and double check, but I think Michael Shannon has a cameo in this movie. The great actor, um, Oscar-nominated Michael Shannon, has a cameo in this movie. So excited to rewatch and find out for sure about that. Next is Yes Man. Uh, if you know me, you know I am a sucker for Jim Carrey. I love pretty much anything he's ever done. Uh, a few exceptions, of course, but all these like goofy, like over-the-top screwball comedies, I. I mean, who's better at it? Who Who's better at it in this new generation? You had Robin Williams was the generation before him, and then it became Jim Carrey. So all these movies like um, Bruce Almighty, The Mask, Dumb and Dumber, he just had a crazy run, like Ace Ventura. And so Yes Man doesn't get talked about a lot, but I thought it was really good, save for the ending was kind of, you know, predictable and cheesy. But I, I love Zoe Deschanel. I think she's like her uh her niche of like what she does in romantic comedies is just how can you not love her so i loved her in this i love jim carrey in this there's some uh really great moments he saves a guy off a cliff or like jumping off of a building uh he gets a blowjob from an old lady it's just like <laughs> it sounds ridiculous but it's jim carrey so he makes it work uh bradley cooper is in there too great cast so I'm excited to to finally own that one. Okay, this one is a love-hate for me. <laughs> because when it came out, everyone took it serious and loved it. And now that it's been years, a lot some of it doesn't hold up. So this movie's Eight Mile. It's the 2003, let me check the 2002 movie about Eminem's life, semi-autobiographical. And it's it's corny at parts, you know, like Mackay Pfeiffer's wig and uh, Kim Basinger being horribly miscast as his mom. Like just oh, anything she said, any line she said was just cringeworthy. Like, oh, my little rabbit. Oh, like, what are you going to do with your life? It's just <laughs> I, when I say I love it, it, like even the parts that are bad, I just laugh at now because I've seen this movie so many times. They played it on VH1 like on, on a loop. And, uh, you know, you watch this for the battle scenes. It's like, it's like step up or any of those movies. You just, you watch it for the dance scene at the end. You don't really look at the plot. There really is not a plot per se. It's just him hanging around his friends, trying to rap. And even the battles are funny. Battles exhibit at one point, calls him a plant. Uh, you know, he, he's walks on his mom having sex. Like all these things you would think are like in a comedy but they're not and then anytime Eminem flies off the handle and gets mad it's just funny like he's not a bad actor he's he's playing himself essentially but it's just fucking funny to me and then rest in peace Brittany Murphy um but yeah 
I like, oh, and then when his mom asked him, like, for advice about uh, her boyfriend not going down on her, it's just fucking comedy. I don't want to hear that, mom. Next movie we have here, it's uh, switching the genre to, to horror. It's a movie called Clown, just Clown. And uh, if you saw it last year, you would like this one. It's directed by John Watts and not, not really any known actors. Produced by Eli Roth. It's just about a simple story of this dad trying to do something good for his son and dressed up as a clown for his birthday because the clown uh, backed out last minute that they had scheduled. And then he turns into this demon clown and he finds out the whatever outfit he got is like cursed. And from there, just creepy ass shit happens. Kids get eaten. And I won't say anything more. But yeah, go see it. It was on Netflix for a while. Not sure if it still is. But uh, definitely check and uh, let me know if you guys see that one. This one was one of my favorites of last year. It actually, if I remember right, made my halfway best movies of the year um, list. So that's when I, you know, in June, I make a list of my top movies. And so this made it last year. And I'm going to do that actually soon because June is almost up. And this is It Comes at Night. So A24, who just released Hereditary, that movie was fantastic. So was this one. It just, it. I saw it in theaters, and it's just, the way it used the music, it kept me on the edge of my seat. I didn't know what to be scared of, to be honest. That's what made it so creepy. It's just, it was just that feeling of, like, unease and paranoia, and what would you do to keep your family alive? And that's why I love this movie. And Joel Edgerton is one of my favorite actors like new actors new faces i i've just enjoyed him and everything he's been in recently uh including uh, what was that ufc movie not fearless unbreakable no god damn it what was that called the ufc movie he was in (sighs) this is gonna kill me now okay he was in the gift that is a great movie um that has a twist it's a thriller this one's kind of more of a thriller, too, than a straight-up horror movie. And so, yeah, I definitely recommend this one. The last one is Hacksaw Ridge. And uh, this one was one of my favorites of 2016. Has Mel Gibson directing it. This was, like, what kind of made people be like, oh, yeah, Mel Gibson's not so bad anymore. <laughs> At least he's making good movies. And uh, you have a great cast, Vince Vaughn. Sam Worthington, based on a true story. Andrew Garfield, based on a true story of this man, Desmond Doss, who went into combat, World War II, without any um, guns or ammunition, and he was a medic, and he basically saved 75 men without firing or carrying a gun. And so if, if that doesn't sound like a miracle to you, then I don't know what to tell you. It gets a little cheesy, especially at the beginning and at the end with like the religious stuff, but... Um, the war scenes are some of the best you'll see since, you know, Mel Gibson and Braveheart or Saving Private Ryan. And so definitely recommend that one. So I think I'm going to, that's, that's the, the batch I got for today. Uh, not bad. This is usually like around the amount I get. So not too bad. I didn't, I didn't break, spend an arm and a leg to get these. And so let me know what you guys think about any of those movies I just mentioned. And I will eventually find out what that UFC movie was called and come back to you guys. So thank you for listening to Misfit Minded. And I will be back tomorrow for sure. 
to bring you what to watch Wednesdays.